It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. In the last episode, I was giving eight reasons why Christians should be involved in apologetics. I'd given two reasons— Number one, God commands it. Number two, reason demands it. I had started three. Humanity needs it. Then the time ran out. Let's start there today. People refuse to believe without evidence. Since God created humans as rational beings, He expects them to live rationally, to look before they leap, to count the cost. Proverbs 22, verse 13 and 27, verse 12 say, The prudent person foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The Bible says wisdom is judged by all of its children. That's in Matthew 11, verse 19 and Luke 7, verse 35. This does not exclude faith. After all, it is impossible to please God without faith, Hebrews 11, verse 6. But God wants us to take a step of faith into the light of evidence rather than to take a blind leap into the dark. Faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. In regards to salvation, the proper object of our faith is God himself. Reformers said faith includes three vital things, knowledge, assent, and trust. Knowledge of Jesus Christ, the meaning of his death and resurrection, and the basic points of the good news of salvation. An examination of the New Testament indicates that saving faith is conditioned upon assent to a few explicit propositions, including, number one, that God exists and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, Hebrews 11.6. Number two, the truth of who Jesus is, quotes the Christ, the Son of the living God, end quotes. Matthew 16, verse 16. Number three, that God became flesh and dwelt among us, giving us a full explanation and a complete description of what God is like. That can be found in John 1, verses 1 through 4, verses 14 and 18. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Number four, what is accomplished by his death? Quotes, whom God set forth as a propitiation, a satisfying sacrifice of atonement for our sins. Romans 3, verse 25. Number five, that God raised Jesus bodily from the dead. That can be found in several scriptures. One of them is Romans 1, verse 4. 
Number six, that Jesus and others said there is only one way to the Father. That can be found in John 3, 18, four, chapter 14, verse 6, Acts 4, verse 12, and 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Number seven, how can one be saved? That can be found in Romans 10, 9 through 10, and Acts 16, verse 31. And eight, trust is total reliance on him alone for salvation, and in particular, no reliance on one's goodness or on works of service or keeping the law. All this can be found in Romans 3, 20, verse 28, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, and Titus 3, verse 5. Each of these assertions is an explicit item of knowledge and assent for saving faith in the New Testament. They sum up the heart of the proclamation of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8, four essential points of the gospel are listed. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. And he was seen by various people under different circumstances. No one will believe in the Son of God, the Word of God, the miraculous acts of God, the salvation of God, and the people of God, unless there is, in truth, a transcendent God who does miracles, who revealed himself in the Word, the written Word of the Bible, and the living Word of Jesus Christ. He is the only way to God, the one who procured salvation and now offers it to you as a gift by grace. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. So that we can become the people of God. John 1, verse 12. Therefore, evidence of truth should precede faith. In everyday life, no one gets on a plane if it is missing a part of the wing. The, well, or the cabin smells of smoke. Or the pilot is inebriated. Similarly, no one commits their life to, to be a follower of Christ unless there is some evidence he can be trusted. Elton Trueblood said, Faith is not belief without evidence, but trust without reservation. Number four reason why we should be involved in apologetics is that the culture resists it. The loudest voices proclaim relativism, naturalism, pluralism, and agnosticism. Relativism says no view is absolutely true. Pluralism says there are many paths to heaven and all views are relatively true. Naturalism says no supernatural view is actually true. Agnosticism says no view can be known to be true. On the other hand, Christianity declares absolute truth in these relativistic times. An exclusivistic message to a pluralistic mindset 
a supernatural view in a naturalistic venue and a knowable, liberating truth to the agnostic philosophy. Secular humanism is also a loud voice, but more than just a voice, it is a devious, subtle opposition to Christianity. In the Handbook of Christian Apologetics, the authors Peter Kreeft and Ronald K. Tuchelli say, quotes, Apologetics is especially needed today when the world stands at a triple crossroads and crisis. They say that Western civilization is for the first time in its history in danger of dying. That's on page 23 of the book. They say we have a civil cultural crisis, a philosophical intellectual crisis, and a spiritual crisis. That's all on page 24. Quotes, the infection killing Western civilization is not multiculturalism, other faiths, but monoculturalism of secularism, no faith, no soul, page 23. I fear that secularism's goal is the situation where nothing is sacred, not race, not gender, not life, not religion, not nationality, not marriage, etc. Everything is reduced to the material and the mechanistic, and thus can be bought, sold, used, and cast away onto the junk heap of history. Number five reasons why we should be involved in apologetics is the church starves for it. The church in the Western world appears to be failing. The statistics in the U.S. are staggering. 80% of active teens leave the church in their 20s. 75% of them leave within two years after graduating from high school. And the main reason for that uh, departure is that they concern doubts about the Bible. And when did these doubts begin? The answer is as early as middle school. In a recent survey called The State of Theology, conducted by Ligonier Ministries with LifeWay Research, using 3,002 U.S. adults with 630 professing evangelicals, showed that 52% of the general public and 30% of evangelicals believe that Jesus isn't divine, but was merely a great teacher. Stephen Nichols, chief academic officer of Ligonier Ministries and president of Reformation Bible College, said statistics like these can give us quite a shock. But they also shed light on the concerns that many American Christians have expressed for decades. As the culture around us increasingly abandons its moral compass, professing evangelicals are sadly away from God's absolute standard in Scripture. It's clear that the church does not have the luxury of idly standing by 
this is the time for Christians to study scripture diligently, engage confidently with people in our culture, and witness fearlessly to the saving work of Jesus Christ in the gospel. End quotes. Some 65% of evangelicals in the study were found to agree with the statement, quotes, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God, end quotes. That means they were completely unaware that if Jesus is God, then he was not created at all, but always existed. And it suggests that the church has a dire need to teach Christology, that is, the doctrine of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Findings of an earlier Barna study this year showed that only 51% of Americans consider God to be an all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect and just creator of the universe who still rules the world today. By contrast, uh, the survey in 1991 showed 73% of Americans believe that to be true. Recently, I listened to a podcast by J. Warner Wallace from Cold Case Christianity, where he was giving an update about youths leaving the church. He quoted from several surveys recently, and, he, and the consensus was that between 35 to 42 million youths will leave the church in the next 30 years. Wallace went on to discuss reasons why some churches were capable of retaining their youth. I recommend you listen to Wallace's podcast on cold case Christianity. One area where the church is failing disastrously is in its failure to apply pre-evangelism slash apologetics. We've not trained believers to defend and commend the Christian faith. Most do not know what they believe, nor why they should believe it. So ask yourself, what reason do I have for what I believe? Go read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 19. That scripture seems clear. Our faith only matters when it is based on true events, like the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus did not truly rise from the dead, then we are wasting our time, even if Christianity works for us, comforts us, gives us hope, and calms our fears. If it is not true, then we are of all men most to be pitied. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.